like radio, less like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show, because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird thing. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Evening, motherfuckers. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, February 24th, 2015. And this is uh, the uh, long-awaited episode 100. Yay. Um, oh, I, I suppose there should probably be some, some fucking fanfare or something to this, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as as I mentioned on Twitter, I am I am in an inexplicably pissy mood today. I have no fucking clue why. Um, God damn it! Too much applause. What the fuck? You fuckers, you're faking it. Fake it. I can tell when somebody's faking it. Ugh. So yeah, this I I, I I'm shocked that I have done a hundred of these shows. Genuinely shocked. Um, I, I I'm shocked that I did ten of these shows. A hundred is just beyond reason for me. So it's fitting that, as per usual, I have absolutely no idea if I have enough BS to fill an entire show tonight. That That is just kind of the way it goes. Um, which means I'll probably be rambling um, more than usual, just to kind of fill the silences. Um, ooh, I want to see if that's anything interesting. Oh, okay, no, that's not. Um... See, I, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, keeping an eye on my Gmail uh, new message indicator, only because you see at um, at my job, I I do I do equipment setups for events and classes and whatnot. Now there is this one group, one department that I'm I'm not, I'm not giving full on details because you know I'm not gonna name names, uh, much like Bill Burr, I guess. But whenever they have their big events, they have a tendency to do at least one of the following. Um, oh, and yeah, Dennis says 102 hour long stretches of mediocrity. That does take skill. Yes, that is true. That does take a lot of skill. Um, I don't know if it's good skill, but it, it's skill nonetheless. So anyway, um, 
this, this one particular department, they, they tend to hold these events maybe once a month, maybe once every other month. And usually like panel discussion, sometimes they might need an LCD projector, but you know, panel discussion with a bunch of microphones and all this kind of shit. And they will either do one of these, they will ultimately do one of these things. They will A, not request the equipment in a timely fashion, which means uh, at least 24 hours in advance. B, they will request the equipment, but then make a bunch of last minute changes, uh, especially when it comes to the layout of the room. C, they will request everything on time. They will not make any last minute changes, but they will leave all the equipment in the room despite the fact that they're instructed to secure all said equipment with the um, with the public safety department on campus. But no, they'll just leave it, you know, expensive shit sitting in a room all night. You know, somebody just walks in, grabs it if they want, whatever. So that's, that uh, tends to happen with this group. Well, I was in, I was in one of the buildings this morning and I walked past, um, I don't, I don't know what you would call this. It, it, um, it was, it was a sign on an easel. Um, just some kind of, you know, notice display kind of thing, um, uh, like a poster board kind of thing. And it was a sign regarding an event going on there tonight. Tonight at uh, 7 p.m., so in, in, in about uh, 49 minutes, actually. And I thought to myself, hmm, I didn't know about this. N- nobody sent me anything for this. Nobody's asked for any microphones or nothing like that. So I'm like, well, okay, not my problem. It's not my, it's not my job to chase them down for this kind of shit. And I just kind of kept waiting throughout the entire day. Waiting for that phone call where there somebody would call panicked and say, Oh my God, we forgot to order anything. And see, I, I work from 7 to 4. And, you know, time rolls around, uh, you know, 11, 12. I had to leave for a chiropractor appointment at 1. I was half expecting to have voicemail on my line when I got back at 2. Nothing. 3 o'clock rolls around. 4 o'clock rolls around and I'm leaving. And I haven't gotten a single call from them. Not, not a, not a fax to quote confirm. That that's that's one of the great things that they'll do. They will send a fax, and yes, my department still has to take faxes. Yeah, a fucking IT department, but we only accept faxes. Yeah. Um, but what what people will do? They will either fax or call day of, saying I'm just confirming this for tonight. Never mind the fact that they never requested it in the first place. And obviously they're just trying to cover their own ass. So anyway, I four o'clock rolls around. Nothing. No fax. No email. Uh, no call. Not my problem. I Again, I'm, I'm not paid to chase these people down. If they cannot uh, handle their own affairs, not my problem. So... Um, yeah, left at four, and that event, uh, <laughs> Dennis in the chest says, buy them a telegram machine, for fuck's sake. I know, it's ridiculous. We, we actually, there, there was a period where one of the guys in my department on the other campus uh, had put together a online submission form for, you know, requesting projectors, requesting 
microphone, shit like that. And apparently he just didn't know how to do it right, and all it was getting was spam submissions. And that was it. So they said, oh, we can't do this, and they shut it down. And then went, went back to faxes. It, this is a fucking IT department, and we're relying on faxes. And, like, a third of the faxes I get during the day are fucking spam faxes for roofing or vacation or whatever. It, ugh. It's fucking ridiculous. I shouldn't have to deal with that shit. I can understand, maybe, back when I started there in 99, faxes coming in, fine. And actually, <laughs> hell, back then, we did not even have our own fax machine in the department. We were, we were getting faxes through the uh, library's fax machine. So... And and I was not even uh, logging our equipment deliveries and pickups in you know a spreadsheet or anything or a calendar. No no no, it was a gigantic paper ledger. This thing was fucking huge. So if if there was if there was something where I needed to back before we had a lot of equipment in classrooms, um, if there was something that was going on the entire semester like a recurring thing like a a Monday Thursday class at you know. Uh, two o'clock for the entire semester. I had to go through this fucking ledger and write in every fucking week. And then eventually, uh, I finally got a computer that was worth a shit in my office. Um, I think that the only, there were like two computers in the office at that point when I started. One, I, I shit you not, um, had to have been maybe a 486. We're not even talking to Pentium here. Um, and I think the other computer might have been a Pentium, possibly. So that, that, that tells you a little something right there. Um, but I eventually migrated that shit into just a regular spreadsheet and then into, uh, uh, I think I did Google Docs spreadsheets. Or, no, I did a Google Calendar thing and then my boss wanted us to move it into Outlook, which is a piece of shit. And I don't know why he did that because... Outlook is a piece of shit, but I guess that makes sense in his head. Um, so yeah, I haven't gotten anything from uh, from that event yet. Nothing, nothing in my email. Um, no panicked phone calls on my cell phone from my boss, so that's kind of nice. So um, I guess we'll, we'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll catch the fallout of it tomorrow. You know what? Let's let's check the let's check the help desk portal because this is relevant to beer, right? I'm just filling time. Fuck you guys. Uh, let's see if, let's see if any, if any help desk calls came in about this. Like, oh my god, there's no microphones! Nope. Miraculously, no. I, I am, I am completely shocked by this. Completely shocked. <sighs> so now that rant is over, or whatever. I mean, honestly, it, it was a bit of, it was a bit of work schadenfreude for me. Because I like sometimes seeing people get their comeuppance when it comes to shit like that. There, there, are, there are a great many people I like at my job. There are a great many people that I very much dislike. Still do my job to the best of my ability for them, but when opportunities like this come around, it's not even an opportunity. I'm not doing anything wrong. They're the ones that did shit wrong by not requesting stuff. Um, I'm, I'm going to take an opportunity like this and just revel in it. Um, but okay, let me tell you what I'm drinking tonight. Purchases that I made over the past week. Uh, local store 
had uh, Ballast Point Grapefruit Sculpin and Habanero Sculpin. I grabbed a six-pack of each one. I, w- I went to the store, um, I think it was on a lunch break from work, because I saw in beer menus that they, they uh, had it listed there. Didn't see it on the shelves anywhere. I was about to give up and just picked up a bottle of uh, Stone uh, Green Tea IPA when I saw a guy come out with a box. Oh, come out with two boxes. Oh, it was Grapefruit Sculpin and Habanero Sculpin. I'm like, dude, uh, you have exactly what I want there. Open it up, grabbed a six-pack of each. Um, somebody at the register saw it, and she's like, oh, my God, I want that too. She went and got some. So they, they, pr- they probably sold out of the stuff within... I don't know, probably within a half an hour of my being there. Um, without getting into too much, because um, I am probably going to do a YouTube review on the Habanero Sculpin. I got one bottle left in my fridge. Um, I'm drinking one right now. I got one ready to open my bucket. And wait, is that one or, or do I have two grapefruit down here? I'm trying to remember now. No, grapefruit and grapefruit. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got one left in my fridge. And then I got two grapefruit sitting here in my bucket right now. Um, without divulging too much, because I want you guys to watch my YouTube reviews. Um, it is... It's interesting. Were I able to go back and maybe just get a single bottle instead of a six-pack? I probably would have been happier that way to have tried it. Um... There actually is a slightly better way to drink this, I found out. Uh, somebody on Reddit suggested this. Mixing the habanero sculpin and the grapefruit sculpin. It cuts down on the habanero a bit, um, but the the you don't you don't really lose it. The grapefruit blends with it really well. But it, the habanero sculpin, it's one of those where you take your sip and it's like you're getting smacked in the back of the throat. Oh, I see Sean in the uh, in the chat saying the place is full of alcoholics. Of course, it's Tuesday night. What do you expect? But it, it it's it's weird. I prefer a jalapeno IPA to a habanero IPA. There's almost there's almost too much going on with this. It's it's not a bottle you can chug. It's not a bottle you can chug. But I'm glad I got it. It is enjoyable in a certain way. You get that uh, spicy adrenaline rush. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a YouTube review on this one, and uh, maybe go into a little bit more depth. Speaking of the YouTube reviews, I also set up some new lighting for my YouTube reviews in response to some constructive criticism from Reddit. Yes, people were people were nice; they were not being assholes; they were actually being nice. Um, so you'll see the first video with the new lighting in uh, I think a, like a week and a half or so. It, it's still a work in progress, but. I actually have a full-on three-point lighting system going in here now. And it, it, just to show you that the fucking pace of technology, um, maybe two, three years ago, uh, I had bought an LED camera light for my videography. Uh, kind of a, a boxy kind of thing, maybe about the size of a small brick. And it just had rows of LED lights uh, across it. You could hook it up to an AC adapter or it would take six AA batteries. Would drain the shit out of those uh, within a couple shoots though. But at the time it cost me like 200 $300, something like that. But I figured, you know what? It's a tax write-off. It's for my videography. 
it's worth it. Well, now um, I decided to do the three point. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I did the. Um, I looked on on um, fucking Amazon and found a couple LED lights that were more like twenty dollars, almost identical, except for the fact that they not only can take the AA batteries, they can also take the same batteries I use in my fucking video cameras. God damn it. So I got a couple clamps with them. I have uh, one clamped up in front of me right now above my monitors on a shelf. I have another one uh, kind of behind-ish me on a windowsill. Then I have another one that I clamp onto a, um, a stepladder that is usually in this one area of the room. Set up a three-point lighting system. I am not going to be using the ceiling light that is uh, attached to a ceiling fan for my video reviews anymore. I think you guys will agree that it will look a lot better. I mean, someone like Mitch will take a look at it and will I think he'll say it's night and day. The weird thing is I showed my wife like both lighting setups and she liked the old one better. She thought it um was like softer on my features and everything and I think maybe that's her way of saying that I'm ugly and that too much light uh reveals the ugliness. I don't know. But I think it's going to look a lot better. Um, the first review that I did, ah, fuck, what was it? Um, God damn it. I, th- I think it's for the, uh, the, the carton 07871, which will be coming up not this Saturday, but I believe next Saturday. Um, I think it's as early as that. Ah, uh, but, um, yeah, so there's that. Um, what else has been going on? See, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm kind of filling time. Okay. You know what? Because, you know, this is a hundredth episode. I'm, I'm not going to stay completely true to form. I'm, I'm just going to go off on tangents because I can. It's a hundred episodes. I can do what the fuck I want. Most people may not realize that, um, when it comes to watching movies, I am probably about as bad as Hammy. Yet, Hammy gets all the shit for it. Um, but ever since I got my Plex server connected to my XBMC box, and then I can route it through my VPN. See, it's too many too many uh, acronyms and everything. Not acronyms, but whatever. Um, too many letters for you guys, right? I have it through the VPN to my laptop at work. During downtime at work, I can sit and watch movies. So in the past like couple weeks... Actually, no, past week, I watched um, Moon with Sam Rockwell. I watched Interstellar, which was fucking phenomenal. So was Moon. Both of the Moon was fucking depressing, though. Goddamn. Um, Interstellar was fucking amazing. Um, let's see, what else did I... I watched... Um, I, I know I'll get shit for this. I commented on this on Twitter. But um, the the most recent Ninja Turtles movie, it's, it's a fine popcorn flick. It's nothing special. It was entertaining. Yes, there were some very cringe-worthy moments, like when the uh, when the turtles were like, "Oh, we're bulletproof!" Because I guess a bunch of adrenaline they had pumped into. Them. But you know what? It was it was an entertaining movie. That's fine. You know, it, popcorn. It's not high cinema. Um, I watched uh, Sunshine by Danny Boyle. Um, that was that was kind of a theme going on with like Interstellar and Moon going for the, like, the 
space drama thriller ish kind of thing. Sunshine, not as good. Not as good as Moon. Not as good as Interstellar. Um, and then today I watched a movie that I I probably should have seen in theaters, but I didn't. Uh, I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy, and um. Of course, Dennis says, TMNT 2014 cringeworthy moment. Everything from the opening scene till the end credits. Dude, when 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 they think Splinter is dying, there there is actually some good emotion there. Again, not saying it's high cinema. Um, I was actually shocked that Megan Fox was not as awful as I thought she would be. Um, I mean, Will Arnett was... Honestly, I think he was wasted in that movie. Um, They could have put anybody into that role, and it wouldn't have made a difference. But, um, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, Sunshine didn't blow me away. Guardians of the Galaxy, I will admit, Guardians of the Galaxy did not really blow me away until, like, maybe the third act. The third act, then, I kind of, I I, I bought in with that. And then, and then the, the... the scene during the credits with Groot. Okay. That completely won me over. The scene with Groot won me over. Um, oh, God. And the, the end. Rocket and Groot. Oh, God. So I, I, I understand. I understand with that movie now. Um, I, I have a shitload of stuff I still need to watch. Um, I'm trying to think what I make queue up. Um, Cause I, I try and I try and also like keep current with some of the TV shows I watch that my wife doesn't watch, like Archer. It's always sunny, things like that. Uh, I may consider watching Event Horizon next because I have not seen that before. Um, although, although, you know what? Before that, I think I may watch Birdman because I do have Birdman now, and I would really, really like to watch that. Um, you know, it's best picture. Come on. Uh, but. There's a lot of shit out there I haven't seen, and I need to do it because I am genuinely as bad as potentially worse than Hammy when it comes to movies. Uh, you know, last little thing before I actually get into beer stories and stuff like that, because I, I suppose that's what you guys are probably waiting for, right? Right? Um, news this morning that Leonard Nimoy had... Uh, he had to be rushed to the hospital because of severe chest pains. It was, uh, ah, just that, that bummed me out. That bummed me out that, uh, I mean, we, we already, we already lost to Forrest Kelly. How many years ago was that? Um, James Doohan, uh, Leonard Nimoy, maybe the next one. I mean, when we lose Shatner, it's, it's all over. Um, it's just done then it's done. Oh, okay. Dennis says, Sunshine was a philosophical drama and a sci-fi rapping. Loved it, actually. You know what? I think I maybe just need to watch it again. Um, I don't know. Something about it, it didn't... It didn't grab me the way that Moon and Interstellar did, and I don't know why. I'm not saying Sunshine was a bad movie. It just, it didn't hit me the way those other two did. And maybe maybe I was just expecting something different from it because of Moon and uh, Interstellar. I don't know. Um, maybe I need to watch it again and not 
not following movies like that. You know, have it follow something completely different. But, uh, yeah, so Leonard Nimoy is uh, not doing good. I mean, I guess he has lung disease, too, which does not help things along. So uh, we, we, may, we may be losing Spock soon. We may be losing Spock soon, which would be a bummer. Notice I could have said we may be losing Galvatron soon, or I could have said we may be losing Sentinel Prime soon, but I'm not that kind of a douchebag. Um, although he'll always be Galvatron to me. Let me get into the press clippings here, little bits here and there. From uh, Men's Journal, Dogfish Head Sam Calgione squares off against Budweiser. This was really, it was an interview with him that was more or less in reaction to the Budweiser ad from the Super Bowl and uh, AB and Bev's buying of Elysian. They asked him what he thought about AB and Bev buying up craft breweries. And he was, he was actually pretty diplomatic with this. He said, I get it that a number of the patriarchs of craft brewing are getting to retirement and trying to figure out how to transition out of brewing. So I'd never shit on somebody's decision to sell out. Now, the fact that he described it as selling out, that seems a little loaded there. He goes on to say, I do think the world's largest breweries are disingenuous in their intentions moving into the craft beer world. They'll buy a once independent brewery, not naming names. And suddenly it's IPAs, kegs are on the street for half as much as a true indie craft beer. It really shows they're using these once craft brands as pawns in their game to knock the true indie breweries off the board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agree to disagree, maybe. Uh, And they asked, um, oh, okay. Then it says uh, a lot of people hated Sunshine. It's kind of a movie if you don't like, you won't like. Okay, fair enough. I'm probably, you know, I'm probably going to give it another chance. So I like, I like, uh, what's his face? Uh, what's his name? Cillian Murphy? Is that his name? Um, I, 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 I'll give it another shot. Didn't hate it. Um, maybe just didn't get it quite yet. Uh, but they asked Sam, uh, is a cheaper IPA bad for beer lovers then? I can see how it'd be good for AB and Bev, but it's not great for a consumer that loves the choice, diversity, and excitement indie craft breweries have brought back to America. After Prohibition, the whole beer industry consolidated as a few international conglomerates sought to control market share in America. That's something to be wary of as these large, as these large breweries are buying up small breweries and brewing their beers in giant quantities and charging very little for them. Their end goal is to dominate every segment of the beer world. If they succeed in that, then beers will get homogenized back down again to a few simple styles again. And this is this is kind of one where I disagree with him. He says, you know, they ask if a cheaper IPA is bad for beer lovers. And he says it's good for AB and Bev, but not great for consumers that love choice, diversity, and excitement from indie craft breweries. Look at it this way, then. Um... Goose Island, and he's obvi- he's obviously referring to Goose Island. He's completely referring to Goose Island. Who's to say, you know, if somebody has a Goose Island IPA and then says, hmm, that's pretty good. Let me try out some of these other IPAs. And then gets into the craft stuff. Um, you know, a very prevalent IPA is, uh, well, let's see, there are a few from Dogfish Head, aren't they? So, maybe they try the Goose Island, and then they start getting the Dogfish Head. I I see it as a gateway. It is all about a gateway. Yeah, you can, you can, you know, 
bust on Blue Moon, Lion and Kugels, and all that stuff, you know, and Goose Island, obviously. You, you can bust on those all you want. Say, oh, they're not craft, they're crap, blah, blah, blah. I don't think Goose Island's quality has changed at all. Um, but you can treat it as a gateway into the craft beers if you really don't consider them craft anymore. Uh, so they ask, what exactly are big breweries doing with the new craft brands? He says, it seems like the strategy is to let the original brick and mortar of what was once a craft brewery make their esoteric and super weird beers so it still looks like an independent brewery. Then they take two or three flagship brands and make them in the giant, fully automatic mega breweries to sell them super cheap. This really disrupts the market, but they'd rather shine a light on esoteric stuff from a once independent brewer. And he's basically, I, I think he's talking kind of, again, Goose Island, where you have, you have their... Um, you have their pale ales, um, you know, basically like the you know the three one two and stuff like that, um, or is it three twelve or uh, I don't have scrams here to correct me again, but um, those those are pretty common, you know, everywhere now for at least that I see in terms of Goose Island availability, and then the you know esoteric and super weird might be. The um, the Bourbon County Stout, Bourbon County Coffee Stout, Bourbon County Barley Wine, all that kind of stuff. Um, he also could be taking a shot at Elysian with that, where Elysian's base brews will end up, you know, super national and kind of contracted out to, you know, oh, you know, now maybe Elysian is going to be going to be brewed in you know um fuck some some of their staples are going to be brewed in new york instead of in uh, oregon and everything but you know we'll still let them do their kind of weird you know you know kooky pumpkin beers and stuff i i i don't i don't get that i don't see how it supposedly disrupts the market i don't see how they're really stopping them from making what they're making. I mean, Goose Island is constantly coming out with new stuff. And the fact of the matter is the, the distribution's better for it. Um, there's a lot of shit from Goose Island I wouldn't be seeing if they weren't owned by AB and Bev. Simple as that. Um, let's see. Would you ever sit down to talk business with them? We've had our run-ins with the world's largest two breweries, AB and Bev and Miller Coors. So there's zero chance Dogfish would ever sit down to talk to them about opportunities to work together. And then they asked him about the Super Bowl commercial from Budweiser. And he said it was great for craft beer. It shows how confused and conflicted the world's biggest brewery is about how to engage an American populace whose beer tastes are changing. The more they spite us for trying beer outside of the light lager juggernaut, the more we're going to stand for something very separate from what they're about. Then as they buy out the companies making the beers they're making fun of, the hypocrisy is very apparent. I'm sure there's a room full of MBAs and all they care about is the Budweiser brand. That's what they're paid to care about. They don't give a shit if promoting Bud means making fun of other brands in the AB and Bev network. Shows that true craft brewers are brewers first, business people second. That company is run by nothing but business people. So kind of interesting there. Some some stuff I agree with him, some stuff I, I don't agree with but uh i mean he's he's one of the godfathers of the craft beer world now um he, he's he's one of the big guys you know just like just like greg cook um 
Jim Cook, um, uh, Joey Redner, Cigar City. So I mean, these these are the guys that 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 pull a lot of weight in the craft beer world. So who am I to who am I to disagree with his opinions? I guess. Um, let's see. From the drinks business, got a couple here. Starbucks Evenings is starting up in the UK. If you don't remember, Starbucks Evenings is that concept where Starbucks will basically serve alcohol. Again, from the drinks business, they've launched their evenings program in the UK, which will see the coffee chain offer a range of wine and craft beers to customers. The newly renovated Stansted Airport store, operated in partnership with food travel experts SSP UK, will be the first to offer Starbucks evenings, with plans to expand the program to additional stores. Meals and shareable hot and cold snacks such as chorizo and prawn skewers with chili ketchup, truffle mac and cheese, and braised British beef will be served alongside a selection of premium wines and beers in stemless plastic glasses. Ew! 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 Plastic glasses! Ew! No! 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 Why? Oh, boo! I don't understand that because if you get a coffee to stay in Starbucks instead of to go... You, you get a glass mug. Uh, uh, depending on the location, Starbucks evenings in the UK will be available from 4 p.m. until close with all wine and beer served for in-store consumption only. Ian Crana, VP Marketing and Category for Starbucks EMEA, said, Providing a welcoming coffee house environment has always been our focus, and now we can offer something new for the evening, too. I think our customers will love the new range of terrific food and carefully selected wines and beers, which will provide even more choice and reasons to visit us later in the day. The concept has already proven popular in the U.S., with 30 stores operating the service across Seattle, Portland, Southern California, Chicago, and Atlanta. Um, if Scrams is listening, I, I'm curious if, uh, if he's seen one of these Starbucks evenings locations, because I, I, I want to know, know how it is. Um, let's see, no plans to offer spirits as part of the Starbucks evenings program. See, I, I, I could, I could, especially during the summer, I could really work with that. When I'm working on my video shoots, I, I cannot get editing done at home. So sometimes, like, if I, if I have days off, I usually kill off my vacation days during the summer, sometimes take a week at a time, and I'm working on video stuff, I can't work on it at home. It's, it is just impossible, because my kid wants to sit in my lap he wants to, quote, help me, which is the opposite of. So I'll usually just spend the day at Starbucks, um, you know, drink a few coffees while I'm there. But Starbucks evenings, I'll stay in there through the evening, have a couple drinks that night, too. Um, I, I'd love, love, love to see this concept hit the East Coast of the U.S., but doesn't doesn't seem like it has uh, gotten to that point yet. Dennis says, Starbucks, all your addiction needs served in one place. Yeah, that that is that is true. If o- if only if only it was maybe 15, 20 years ago, and then you could smoke in there too, right? Uh, let's see. This also from the drinks business. This is one that I have to admit I didn't see coming, but it makes sense. Cannabis cocktail trend predicted in the U.S. Cannabis cocktails could soon be served at U.S. bars as a growing number of states seek to legalize and decriminalize the Class C drug. Bloomberg reports that bartenders and bud tenders are coming together to create cocktails featuring THC tinctures, the potent part of the herb. 
In addition, less potent cocktails are being made based on the green herbal flavor of marijuana. While predicted to take off, the cannabis cocktail trend is still very much an underground movement with public consumption currently banned, even in states where the drug is legal, such as Alaska, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. However, Bloomberg reports that Roberta's in Brooklyn has been serving THC-infused cocktails since 2012. It's very interesting. You go out to drink cocktails to feel something, whether you call it relaxing or loosening up. In terms of recreational benefits, you're opening the window a little bit more, creator of the cocktails Mike Stankovich told Bloomberg. There are risks involved in combining marijuana and alcohol, including impairing your perception of time and distance, making driving a dangerous proposition. Well, you're going to have that problem anyway with booze. I mean, shit, you know, back when I used to fucking smoke, you know, obviously... I think you people realize you you're an uber safe driver. You're driving the speed limit, if not like a couple miles underneath. But you're still drinking booze in this case, so don't fucking drive. Um, Jane West, owner of Denver-based cannabis event production company Edible Events, believes the liquid landscape will change dramatically over the next decade. Alcohol companies will create low-alcohol THC-infused products that tastes like a bourbon, she told Bloomberg. The American market for illegal cannabis grew 74% last year to $2.7 billion, making it one of the fastest-growing industries in the U.S. The underground cannabis wine scene has been thriving in California for years, while last year American singer Melissa Etheridge launched a cannabis-laced wine aimed at cancer sufferers. Closer to home, they're talking UK, I believe here, Last year, a homebrewed ale made using cannabis leaves went on sale at a pub in Devon, while Chicago-based Earth Mama released a marijuana-inspired vodka infused with herbs and botanicals. Reality TV, quote, star and founder of Skinny Girl Wine and Skinny Girl Cocktails, Bethany Frankel, is reportedly due to launch Skinny Girl Marijuana onto the market. Oy. Um, I got an image I'll post in the chat here. <laughs> It says Amsterdam Starbucks will be making a killing. I'm moving. This is actually an interesting one that I had not seen. Cannabis absinthe. So um, was it the brewer, not brewer, distiller Antonio Antonio Nadal? Uh, 140 proof. Wow. Very very interesting. I still have my lucid here, but I have a feeling a cannabis absinthe would uh, be even more fun. Uh, God damn it. I, I, I fucking wish Jersey would just legalize it for medicinal use. And then if my insurance would cover it, I have a feeling my anxiety and depression issues would minimize significantly. I don't even need to fucking smoke it. Give me a brownie. Give me pills. Give me something. Whatever. But ugh, I, while we have our current governor... I don't really see that happening. Fucking fat fuck. Ugh. Uh, from Business Wire, Brewers Association publishes beer and food course. Uh, to better integrate craft beer into culinary curriculums, the Brewers Association published the craftbeer.com beer and food course, co-authored by Chef Adam Dooley, Brewers Association culinary consultant, and uh, Julia Hertz, Craft Beer Program Director at the Brewers Association. The curriculum is the definitive beer and food course for culinary institutions, food establishments, beverage students, and beer educators. Now, initially I was saying, nobody's going to give a shit about this. But, 
when I saw that it's actually free to download, yes, the 60-page digital manual is free to download on craftbeer.com, the consumer-facing website of the Brewers Association, and constructed as a five-day course that offers an introduction to the beverage of craft beer, pairing beer with food, and how to pour and present beer at the table. This is actually pretty fucking cool. This is something I could use because I I have no clue about properly pairing. Uh, let's see. Uh, in addition to lectures and suggested readings, instructors guide students through two tasting sessions of beer styles and a food pairing session. The final day's exam, which is available only to accredited instructors and dedicated educators by request, is a 50-question written exam and instructions for a two-part pairing exam during which students create a three-course menu, prepare the dishes, and select appropriate craft beer pairings. So it's it's kind of, I think it, I would guess it's more, it's a more accessible, basically if somebody does not want to, you know, try and become a Cicerone, this is a more accessible way of, understanding beer, understanding the interactions with food and everything. So kind of a neat idea. Again, it's available at craftbeer.com. Um, let me see. Let's see if I have a straight-up link for it. craftbeer.com slash beer-and-food-course. Uh, looks kind of cool. Course breakdown, downloads. Very, very cool. You know, I'm going to post this link in the chat just in case anybody happens to be interested in this. I, I, I could see Mitch being interested in this, definitely. Um, you know what? Oh, son of a bitch. It's not... What the fuck is wrong with me? It's not an image, you dumbass. Kevin is stupid. Yes. Let's try that again. There we go. I'll probably post that in the Facebook group, too. Um, ooh, email indicator. What's this? Uh, oh, three emails. What? Oh, Damn. Nothing from work. And their event starts in 12 minutes. What the hell? Well, I got an email from Geico on how to avoid road rage. Um, I'm actually curious about this now. Seven ways to avoid road rage. I always have road rage. I'm always calling people cocksuckers, motherfuckers, cunts, and all sorts of wonderful things. Let's see. Seven ways to avoid road rage. Move over if someone is tailgating you. Well, yeah, what if you can't? What if they're tailgating you and you can't fucking move over? Use an I'm sorry gesture to attempt to defuse the situation. Um, yeah, you know what? My I'm sorry gesture probably also looks like a what the fuck gesture. Uh, plan ahead. Allow time for delays during your journey. Well, I tend to do that. And I still get rage on the road because people suck. Uh, consider whether you've done something to annoy the other driver and adjust your driving accordingly. Okay, to be fair, I've done that. Uh, number five, listen to music you enjoy. I listen to podcasts, but I also listen to music that kind of contributes to my rage, considering the music I listen to. Uh, use your horn sparingly. No, no, no. I rarely use my horn. If I use my horn, there's a reason, and I'm pissed. And then avoid eye contact with angry drivers and give them plenty of room. Jesus Christ. Oi. Uh, These are the kind of emails I get. Uh, let's see what, uh, got a couple more things here from, uh, dailylocal.com. It's apparently daily and local for somewhere. I don't know where, uh, Delaware, maybe Pennsylvania. 
Pennsylvania State House aims at decriminalizing out-of-state liquor purchases. I did not actually realize that in Pennsylvania, you cannot hop the border and then bring booze in. It makes sense given the way their liquor laws are, but I had no idea this was the case. Uh, As the State House this week once again takes up the battle over liquor privatization, several Delco lawmakers are pushing for a more immediate cure. They're pushing legislation to decriminalize out-of-state alcohol purchases. The proposed law would allow residents to bring home wine, beer, and liquor purchased outside of Pennsylvania without facing legal ramifications. Pennsylvania's current law restricts state residents from crossing borders and bringing back alcohol purchased outside the Commonwealth, where they typically find cheaper prices. Yeah, and you know what? They also find uh, they don't have to buy a whole fucking case of beer. They could buy a six-pack if they want to. Dumbasses. Violators could face up to 90 days in prison. Oof. It's almost a laughable offense, said State Rep. Joe Hackett of Ridley Township. Hackett and Senator Dominic Pileggi of Chester introduced comparable legislation giving Pennsylvania residents more freedom when traveling to purchase alcoholic beverages beyond state lines. Many of my constituents frequently shop in Delaware, Maryland, and New Jersey and bring wine or spirits back into Pennsylvania, not realizing they are creating a criminal offense under state law. According to Pennsylvania State Police, 12,527 liquor law offenses, not including DUIs, were reported in 2013. A uh, 13.3% decrease from offenses reported in 2012. Total number of sale and transportation of alcoholic beverage offenses are included in those figures. Um, let's see. A spokesperson from Pelleggi's office said once the criminal penalties are eliminated, activity in out-of-state purchases is not expected to increase. But I guess it's also tangled in with the liquor privatization bill which of course when you when you tack bills together it's just going to become a problem um let's see the Wendell Young president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union Local 1776 strong opponent of liquor privatization took a stance against liquor decriminalization talks said it fails to address bar and restaurant owners from driving over state lines and purchasing alcohol for resale. He said it's giving a sweetener to the out-of-state liquor stores. Ugh. Stupid fucking people. Um, let's see if there's anything else relevant in here. Yeah. Again, Pennsylvania fucking blows with their liquor laws. I would be a lot more inclined to go there and get stuff like, I don't know, maybe from Bells. I can get Bells there. I don't want to buy a whole fucking case. If you give me a variety pack of Bells, I'd be fine with that. And hello, Sherry. I see you there in the chat. I have not bought uh, more wine yet. However, I did finish my bottle of blueberry wine last night. But I do need to buy more. I know that uh, that one picture, that one particular variety of wine you sent the image of to me. I gotta see if I can take a look for that. Maybe maybe on my lunch break tomorrow. We'll see if I can pick that up because I'm pretty much gonna be almost out of beer after tonight. I'm gonna have one bottle of uh, Habanero Sculpin left for a review. I got my uh, green tea IPA from Stone that I may or may not hold off on for a review. Still have a 32-ounce growler of regular coffee. 
Uh, what the fuck else do I have? I still have that rum, uh, the yeah, the rum barrel aged pumpkin that I'm just kind of sitting on, and then my enjoy after uh, 10:31:15 from Stone, which actually, um, I, I I was reading up on that a little bit on Reddit. Apparently, Stone said it's finally at that point where if you really really want to, you can open it. You're not gonna get the best experience out of it, but this seems to be the absolute earliest you can crack open that beer and not have something that is not really a finished beer. So if I had multiple bottles, I'd be doing it. I'm holding off on mine. I'm not opening that fucker until, until October. At which point me and probably, you know, 20,000 other people will be doing YouTube reviews for it, but mine will be the best because it's the most accessible and people understand me because I clearly don't know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time. But I think people appreciate that. I think they appreciate the layman's approach to it. Yes? Maybe? Possibly? Um, and yeah, Sherry does say Pennsylvania's gay. Which is true. Pennsylvania is pretty gay. Um, you know what? I'll. This will be my... Wow. God damn. It's almost 7 o'clock. Um, almost time for that event. Woohoo! This will be the last thing I do before break. Uh, I saw this at First We Feast. And this is just fucked up. I enjoy Jameson whiskey. Uh, it is probably the one whiskey that I really do enjoy. To be fair, I have not really tried many other whiskeys. But Jameson, Jameson has always been rather tasty to me. Well... Um, there is a bit of weird history behind James Jameson, the Jameson Irish whiskey heir. Apparently, he has a fucked up history. He bought a 10-year-old girl to watch her be eaten by cannibals. Yes, yes. Watched her get eaten by cannibals. I wish I had a laugh track here because that would have been funny then. Um, the tale goes like this. While on expedition in Africa, Jameson decided that he not only wanted to witness cannibalism firsthand, he also wanted the opportunity to sketch it. Yes, he was an artist too. Accounts differ on how everything happened, but all seem to agree that he paid the price of six handkerchiefs to buy a young slave girl, either 10 or 11 years old, depending on which account you read. He then donated the girl to some friendly cannibals so he could watch them kill and eat her. In November 1890, the New York Times published two differing accounts of what happened. The first came on November 14th from Swahili interpreter Asad Faran, who allegedly came along on the trip and claimed to be an eyewitness to this atrocious act. Uh, this was from the newspaper. The Times publishes the full text of Assad Farhan's affidavit. After describing Bartolat's cruelties, it deals with the Jameson cannibal affair at Ribakua. Or is it uh, Ribakiba? I don't know. Some of the text is a little bit obscured. Jameson expressed to Tipu's interpreter curiosity to witness cannibalism. 
Tipu consulted with the chiefs and told Jameson he had better purchase a slave. Jameson asked the price and paid six handkerchiefs. A man returned a few minutes afterward with a ten-year-old girl. Wow, that's some quick service there. Tipu and the chiefs ordered the girl to be taken to the native huts. Jameson himself, Selim, Masandi, and Farani, Jameson's servant, presented to him by Tipu and many others followed. The man who had brought the girl said to the cannibals, This is a present from a white man who desires to see her eaten. Oh, good lord. The girl was tied to a tree. Oh, this is getting sexy now. And uh, I think that's kind of where the screen grab cuts off at this point. Uh, by the time these accusations came to light, Jameson himself was dead, so Jameson's wife submitted a letter dated August 8, 1888 to the New York Times in her late husband's defense. It was published on November 15, 1890. Um, let's see. Uh, described Assad Farhan's statements as false and cruel. So, um, basically she's, she's saying it didn't happen. But another account exists in the biography about explorer Henry Morton, uh, I'm sorry, Henry Morton Stanley, titled Stanley, The Impossible Life of Africa's Greatest Explorer. Uh, hold on. Finishing pouring a beer here. Open up one of my two last grapefruit sculpins here. Uh, according to author Tim Geo, one of Stanley's assistants, seeking to deflect attention from himself, told Stanley about this horrible thing that Jameson had allegedly done. Stanley was skeptical and intended to question Jameson about the incident himself, but then he found Jameson's journal, which corroborated the entire horrible incident. Yeah, his wife tried to defend him. And his own fucking journal gave him away. Ah, oh, smart man. This, this is a man that would have been fun to be having on Twitter. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you're not in the chat, more like radio.com slash live. Um, Sherry's saying she's a duck. And Mitch is drinking, well, he asked, what is Mitch drinking that Kevin can't have? Dennis asks if it's semen. No, it looks like it is Mitch's homebrew, which looks looks pretty damn good. Nice head on that, nice nice color to it. Uh, I know Mitch said he was, uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, he said he was a little bit underwhelmed by the first brew, but it was okay. So, I... I don't know if, it, if Mitch wants to send me some. I'm, I'm not going to turn it down. Because that beer, you know, it's better than Budweiser. Right off there. Because Mitch made it. It's got to be better than Budweiser because Mitch made it. Um, let's see. Uh, neither of the alleged sketches nor the watercolors are known to exist today. You can read the full text of Jameson's journals. That's kind of scary. Uh, Jameson's account of the incident reads a little differently than Farron's. Jameson writes, the whole thing started as a joke and he wanted to see if cannibalism was a real thing after one of his guides started telling him about cannibal tribes in the area they were traveling in. Um, I sent my boy for six hand handkerchiefs thinking it was all a joke. Oh, of course. And that they were not in earnest. But presently a man appeared leading a young girl of about 10 years old by the hand. I then witnessed the most horribly sickening sight I am ever likely to see in my life. He plunged a knife quickly into her breast twice she fell on her face, turning over on her side. Three men then ran forward and began to cut up the body of the girl. Finally, her head was cut off, and not a particle remained. 
each man taking his piece away down the river to wash it. Well, at least they're washing it. That's fair. The most extraordinary thing was that the girl never uttered a sound or struggled until she fell. Jesus Christ. Damn, still drinking Jameson. Dude's fucked up, but... I mean, come on. We we still listen to, you know, Gary Glitter songs. Um... You know, we, we still listen to old Bill Cosby comedy. Um, you know, Michael Richards is Kramer, even though he goes and shouts nigger, 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 nigger. Uh, yeah. Whiskey is still delicious. Um, wait. Uh, I don't do those videos without assuming you will muck it. Um, yes, Mitch says of his beer, it's very drinkable, but not extraordinary tasting. But... You know, and that's that's what I can say about some of the homebrews I did that they weren't extraordinary, but it was still it was still decent beer, better than Budweiser. Um, I, I'm very very curious about the one you're doing next, though the blueberry wheat one. Um, yes, Mitch is doing a blueberry wheat beer, and I uh, well, yeah, see, like Mitch says, Pee Wee jacked off in a theater, but he's getting a Netflix movie. Hell yeah, I miss Pee Wee. He was great. But yeah, Mitch is doing a blueberry blueberry wheat next. That is one I would really, really, really like to like to get a bowl of uh god damn it. Oh, I'm, wait, oh, I thought you said blue Oh, it's raspberry wheat actually. He messed up. Ah. Still, raspberry wheat, blueberry wheat. Either way it's good. Um oh, Miss Red. Aha. Uh-huh. So I guess you wouldn't be doing a black and blue. You could do uh, red and black, black and red. There's, pro- there's probably a better way to, probably a more creative name for it. Oh, and he's bottling his uh, 312 this weekend, too. God damn, dude, you are fucking killing it. Oh, maybe maybe this summer I can finally, I, I, I got I to gotta get a new kit from uh, from Northern Brewer. I really got to get a new kit. Um. And start start doing it right. Get myself a big old stock pot, and start doing it right like you're doing it, man. God damn, I'm jealous. Very jealous. Want to brew my own beer again? <sighs> okay. After the after the break, uh, I got another BuzzFeed video, and it doesn't have guys in it, so I'm probably not gonna get as pissed off because that annoying fucking hipster with the with the glasses. Um. He's not going to be in it unless he actually is a girl, which is entirely possible. So I'll be watching that. I have not watched the video at all. So complete sight unseen. Uh, from the drinks business, they had a thing, uh, how to drink vodka like a Russian. And I'll see if uh, the shit's legit. Yes, I know Dennis is Ukrainian, but it's close enough. He can chime in on it. Uh, new releases and reveals for the week. And then if there's any other time, there's other shit I will, you know, kind of get to so be back in a bit here on alcohol by volume here on morelikeradio.com alcohol by Cheers. volume kevin oh, show hey, hey. Oh, it's the name of the show hey more like radio less like crap want more alcohol by volume because i'm kind of drunk for this shit nuts 
Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this theater. You're unappealing. I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Antisocial Gamer Radio. Hi, this is Ashley, host of Antisocial Game Radio, telling you to come listen to my show every Tuesday at uh, 9pm UK time, 4pm Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Uh, every week I like to talk about all the latest stuff going on in the gaming world, what's been coming out, what's new releases, all the topics that you like to hear, I'll be talking about it every single week. Recently on the Conti and Kenny Show. Froze up. Ah, are you kidding and I'm watching, they also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's... Like the whole computer just froze up. Oh, really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, hey, Marquise, what's going on? I'll come back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, he basically was like, you need to be quiet. And then asked her for her ID. And her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall for not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta... That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. (laughs) I gotta do the... uh... (laughs) The Flight 800 of the Adobe players. The Conti and Kenny Show. Talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. The Cousin Joe Show. And I, I'm sitting in the chair. He did the barber cock touch. What the fuck? This is what it is. Dude, where do you go to get your hair Listen cut? to me. Where are you going? See how I'm sitting right now? Yeah, I do. Where are my elbows? Outside the chair. Oh! <laughs> they always go around the side. And, and where the fucking... The height of my <laughs> elbow is always... their dick. He's... Reaches in, and his, his cock touches my elbow. And the thing is, like, I can't immediately jerk away because that looks like you know you touched it. Right, I'm acknowledging a <laughs> cock touch. So instead, I just leave it there and let him rub his dick on my elbow. <laughs> Dude, did he go back and forth? That's when you could tell. Did he I was, go back and forth ever like fast? Not, not, like, fa- not fast. <laughs> it, I, I wonder if guys do play games or get the barber hard, kind of wiggle their elbow. Well, weird faggots. Who knows? You're fucking weird. <laughs> Tune in to the Cousin Joe Show live Thursday night, 7 to 10 on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself, and it makes me giggle, that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh Debra. kind of does I barely it. touched her. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. Oh. Come on. Everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you that got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. 
So if you learn anything from Hippo Juice, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. <laughs> we don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Now deep sleep, cause the V is so deep. An interesting show, it won't ever put you to sleep. It has all the content that you want the best show on the planet. I ain't even gonna front deep sleep. Bringing it again and again. Don't ever miss a show and make sure that you're always tuned in. Hosted by my man Mike and Ski Ray. Keep it turned up on the mic all day. Ask me what's my favorite podcast. I say deep deep. Listen to the show while you're sipping on your tea. It's the hottest of the high. You ain't gotta trust me. Tune into the show and you will definitely see. With Mike and Ski Ray, you can't go wrong. The biggest show ever, bigger than a King Kong. Listen up and don't ever, ever miss a beat. It's Deep V. Remember that the V is so deep. What's up, everybody? Deep V Podcast. Deep V. Be sure to listen to us Fridays at 8 Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Yep. Also download us on iTunes. Just type in Deep V. Deep V, your favorite podcast. Favorite, favorite podcast. You know, at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudiced to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for here? We'll name check every country on the show that way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. Cool. Birdie, birdie. How <laughs> <laughs> to do Italians? Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? Hey, hey man. <laughs> uh, Spain? <laughs> uh, Singapore? <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Cockerel Doom Dark. No. You big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment Why is he doing that speed again? I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. (laughs) I can't believe I then... I then imagined Sean, did my you write head, this? I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming! And I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my ass. I kept taking to the I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce Live Tuesdays from 10 to midnight, only on morelikeradio.com. There we go. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. 
don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah, my liver, my liver. New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A ton of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Well, Winston, after 25 unanswered text messages to Nick and Jess this morning, I finally received a response. A smiley face. This leaves us with one choice. To become best friends. Huh? Yeah, fine. Okay, great. Now, as my best friend, I expect you to be willing to sacrifice everything for me at a moment's notice, including, of course, unfortunately for you, your dignity. Yeah, fine. Winston? What can I do for you? Don't talk to me that much. Never lie to me and never, ever touch my puzzle. Winston, do we, do we think now is really the right time to be starting a, a puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I'm great at puzzles. You're a born puzzler, Winston. Sure. Um, but don't you agree that sometimes when you start puzzles, you get a little bit weird and, I don't know, intense? Spend a lot of time humming. Also spend a lot of time naked. I'm going to do you puzzle right on the table. As nasty as you want to be. Hey, Smith, what do you think it's going to look like? What do I think it's going to look like? Yeah, the puzzle. Winston, it's on the box. The, the picture's on the box. It's a Japanese garden. Oh, calm down. What is your problem? I fucking love that show. God damn it. And it, it, it's weird. It's, it's not a amazingly fantastic show, but it has a lot of great moments. If you know what I'm talking about, it's New Girl on Fox. Come on. Get with it. <coughs> Apparently choking over here, too. Welcome back to Alcohol by Volume. Oof. I am uh, on to my... Well, technically, I guess it's kind of my fourth beer of the night. Uh, with dinner, I had... The last of my 07871 Growler. Uh, about a pint of that. Drank uh, the Habanero IPA from, uh, or the Habanero Sculpin from uh, Ballast Point at the top of the show. Finished up the first bottle of Grapefruit Sculpin during the break. And then I am on my last bottle of Grapefruit Sculpin right now. It's very sad. I, I'm slowly running out of beer. Um, it's not an amazingly fantastic show. I thought you were promoting ABV. Fuck you, Dennis. Although that would be completely accurate. That would be a great soundbite. It's not an amazingly fantastic show. It's kind of listenable. Yes, right? Ah, Okay, uh, from Eater.com. Light beer doesn't suck if you know what to order. So, let's see. They're talking about four light beer styles to know. Uh, again, this could be a good a good primer for someone that's kind of entering the craft beer world that has only drank the typical Bud Light up to this point. Um, and not, not everything in the craft beer world is a, you know, big old imperial stout or a bitter 
IPA hop bomb and whatnot. So we got four styles here. We got the Pilsner. Pilsner or Pilsner or Pilsen or even Pils. Yes. The most produced and most maligned lager in the world, but the style is making a strong comeback due to its lovely balance when brewed properly. For the most part, Pilsner is separated into two, two styles, Czech or Bohemian Pilsner and German Pilsner. Originally brewed in the city of Pilsen in the Czech Republic, Bohemian Pilsners are sparkling light straw. Wow, this second half of the show is going to be fucking phenomenal. Ooh, boy. Um, Bohemian Pilsners are sparkling light straw color and appearance and have characteristic spicy, floral, and grassy bitterness that comes from its mostly singular use of the Saz hop. German Pilsners have the same sparkling golden hue, but tend to be a bit more herbaceous and frequently finish with a zing of citrus. So some good examples of the Bohemian variety. Uh, Shafley Pilsner from St. Louis. Santa Rosa's Moonlight Brewing Company's Reality Check C-Z-E-C-K. I think it's actually kind of a witty name. Uh, Prima Pils from Victory Brewing for the German Pilsner. Uh, Firestone Walker's Pivo Pils, a traditional Czech-style Pils. Uh, dry hopped with German sapphire, which imbues the beer with notes of bergamot zest and lemongrass. Um, oh, <laughs> Mitch says, I thought you were promoting insert any MLR show. Good point, good point. Uh, Keller beer. Beer style that dates back to the Middle Ages. Why am I feeling myself up? That's really weird. I think I'm just itchy. Uh, dates back to the Middle Ages. Keller beer literally means cellar beer in German. And I have a feeling when I did German beers... I probably talked about Keller beer. Maybe it'll show up in a best of at some point. Uh, the style gets its name from the ancient aging process in which the beer was matured in unbunged. <coughs> unbunged. <coughs> Meaning the beer was matured in an open vessel. Oaked casks. In deep rock caverns, the result is a smooth drinking loy BV, lightly carbonated, unpasteurized, and mostly unfiltered beer. True Keller beer aficionados drink their Keller beer out of an old-school earthenware mug. Good examples, Alpine Spring from Sam Adams and Taps Brewery Cream Ale from Brea, California. Then we got the Helles Lager. Hell is German for bright. Helles Lagers were the answer were Czech, when Czech Pilsners became all the rage, and Germans had to invent their own beer style to compete with the beautiful, sparkling beers from the East. It was apparently created on March 21st, 1894 at the Spaten Brewery in Munich, considered the embodiment of perfect German brewing tradition. It's a nuanced, gentle blonde beer with amazing balance and a lingering malty finish. While this beer may be bright in color, the style's alcohol content does vary. Beer drinkers wanting a lighter experience should choose a Hellas with an ABV of 6% or lower. Uh, American-made Stout's Gold Lager from Pennsylvania, great example, as well as the old-school Perfected... I always... I can pronounce this name perfectly fine when sober. Not so much when I've been drinking. Wahinstefaner. Oh, Wahinstefaner, yes! Original from Germany. Grainy notes of pepper and banana are balanced by floral hops and dry finish. And the last one we got here, Cream Ale. Truly American style, the cream ale is something of a hybrid between an ale and American lager. Recently becoming popular again amongst craft brewers, many cream ales are being uh, made as noble grain, slightly hoppier versions of their predecessors. 
Perfect style for someone who wants a golden beer with a low hot profile and aroma and nice palate cleansing carbonation. I haven't had a good cream ale in a while, honestly. Um, cream ales are generally biscuity with notes of honey in the finish. Sweet Action from Six Point Brewery in Brooklyn is a delicious choice, as is Golden Ale from Georgia's Terrapin Beer Company. So if you're trying to wean someone off the Bud Light, look for a Pilsner, look for a Keller beer, look for a Hellas Lager, look for a Cream Ale. Um, I am actually uh, tempted to pick up some sweet action from Six Point now. Uh, I, I, I see Six Point stuff here all the time. I see uh, Heinstefaner stuff here all the time for a Hellas Lager. Uh, Alpine Spring will be popping up from uh, Sam Adams once the spring packs come out. I don't think we I don't think we have the spring packs out yet. Um, although now that I think about it, I think there is a pack with escape route in it, so it may be kind of a spring pack. Pills you you can find a good Pilsner. Uh, Victory distributes a lot of places. Prima Pills you can probably find that pretty easily, uh, depending on your location, I suppose. Um, Eighteen ninety four. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Here we go with the BuzzFeed video again. I have not watched this at all. Um, I I I have no fucking clue. I have no fucking clue if this is any good. I will pause and interject here and there. Um, if this is shitty, it's completely my fault. But BuzzFeed is is typically pretty good. I mean, I was trying to, I was trying to find other BuzzFeed videos that dealt with booze. But this really seemed to be the only one. Um, looking at the sidebar here, Americans try sushi for the first time. Amer women read Playboy for the first time. I mean, some of these I actually do genuinely want to watch. Just they would not be relevant for the show. Chinese people try Panda Express for the first time. I want to watch that. Uh, foodies kill their food for the first time. Coffee expert reviews pumpkin spice lattes. Weird things guys do to one-up each other. Americans try Indian desserts for the first time. Ugh. I don't think I'd want to do... Indians have desserts? Are they not made of shit? Ugh. Americans try Midwest food for the first time. Uh, guys trying ladies' underwear for the first time. Oh, yeah. Okay, now that's, that, that's kind of hot. That's kind of hot, because that's probably very, very comfy. Australians taste test American snacks. People try McDonald's breakfast for the first time. God damn. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed knows their niche. They definitely know their niche. So with that, let's uh, let's let's look at women drink whiskey for the first time. What was the second part? <laughs> I'm drunk. I don't know anything about whiskey. I'm not really the alcohol type. Might cry. I hear it's okay. So far, we got two white girls, one black girl with uh, a very, I don't know, like. Pumped up curly hairstyle. Um, Disgusting. And then I think I'm gonna throw up for like an hour afterward. Okay, we got some Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels in front of the black chick. This is a Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels in front of the brunette white chick. Tennessee sour mash. Sour and mash don't sound appealing to me. It's a cute design. I feel like this is a good brand. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this is like a man's drink. Okay, blonde chick thinks it's a man's drink. Yes, whiskey is because a man's drink. Because people talk about it a lot, I have high expectations for this one. Is that enough? It's gonna get me fucked up. Oh, good God. So smells like an old man, like really. <laughs> well, yeah, because old men drink whiskey. 
really strong grandpa. <laughs> oh the brunette cannot handle it oh oh that is wonderful and i'm not surprised i mean i i, I probably reacted the same way <laughs> the first time i drank whiskey it's awful aftertaste it's like really old apple juice it went down pretty smooth though really old apple juice no that you know what the black chick is right though it, it, once you get past that initial taste it does go down pretty smooth. Again, you probably want to, you'd probably rather drink something like Jameson as opposed to Jack Daniels. I think Jameson goes down a fuck of a lot smoother. Maybe that's just me. Oh, not as bad as vodka. Well, I would take whiskey over vodka any day. Something to it, Jack Daniels. That being said, I can feel it burning in my stomach right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I did it because I actually think, because sometimes I would like to be drunk, you know. I think if I had to do it, I would maybe do whiskey followed only by ginger ale. <laughs> I don't want to peer pressure people into trying whiskey because that's not the sort of person I want to be, but do it. I think it's better than other things. But, you know, hold a glass of water and tell people it's vodka. Oh no 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 no! What was that, that 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 that's a well I w I guess I wouldn't have thought of that. Hold a glass of water and tell people it's vodka. They're gonna think you're a real badass if you're drinking a glass of vodka. Um. Oh, J five here. And he says, and I quote, and because and I quote, it's okay for me to say this. He says, the niggas are coming. The niggas are coming. Oh yeah. Mitch is opening up his time slot. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, wait. Yeah, J5 wasn't live last week, right? Was he? I don't remember now. God damn it. He's a, he's a busy fucking man. He's doing his job. And I, I, I've been, I, J5, I, 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 I follow you on Instagram, of course. And I see all the fucking delicious looking food items that you post on there. God damn. Dude, you, you, Wow. Wow. You got some good shit going there. So I'm, I'm hoping the job is going good for you, man. Because that, that, that promotion, I mean, I, I'd say you deserve that. Uh, <laughs> um, God damn. BuzzFeed video just, oh, so much good shit on here. Men try yoga for the first time if buying condoms was like birth control of grooms and bridesmaids. The bottled water taste test. International Cheetos taste test. Cheap coffee reviewed by a coffee expert. Oh, yeah. So, like, 7-Eleven, McDonald's, Dunkin', Denny. Denny's actually was okay coffee. Americans try exotic Japanese Kit Kats. I actually, I want to try the uh, green tea uh, Kit Kat. Uh, I need, like, a sampler pack of those. I need a sampler pack. Uh, what American products are called around the world? Americans try German food for the first time. Oh, the thumbnail is the douchey guy with glasses that I fucking hate. Um, the great American Oreo taste test. What the fuck? What the fuck is that? Or almost looks like lime. Is it, is it limeade Oreo? I'm just looking at the thumbnail there. You know what? I gotta click on this because this is the hundredth episode. I can do what the fuck I want. Banana split Oreo. Let's see what we got here. Berry Oreo. No. I refuse. Oh, well, it tastes like sherbet. It kind of looks like a smoothie. Don't right now. you Jeez. fucking cunt! It's not sherbet. It's sherbet. There's no second R in it. 
God. Oh, my wife does that. It bugs the shit out of me. God damn it. Oh. It's like generic berry. No, I don't like it. It's like if you were to dip fruit into chocolate with no nutritional value. Like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to eat the fruit and not gain 10 pounds. Okay, now I got cookie dough Oreo. Which sounds good. Ooh. So There's some high expectations. Mm. These are good. This is cookie dough flavored cream. A really terrible fake cookie dough taste. Everything I dreamed of. That doesn't taste anything like cookie dough. I'm underwhelmed. Banana split Oreo. I could see it looks like they're getting the uh, vanilla from uh, the cream, the strawberry from the cream, the chocolate. Well, actually, wait. Oh, that's interesting. Because it's a chocolate Oreo cookie on one side and a vanilla Oreo cookie on the other side. I did not realize this. Banana split. The banana is overwhelming. Ah. I want to kick that guy in the face. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it bad? There are a lot of flavors happening in my mouth right now. This is chaos. I like it. No, it's the fake strawberry that's really awful. Dial it down, Oreo. Watermelon Oreo, because we want to market to the darkies. Ooh. The only thing that watermelon should be mixed with is vodka. This looks like Play-Doh. This is adorable. It tastes like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Wait, it does taste like watermelon. Not bad. Yeah. Oh. This is good. I know. That tastes just like um, Minute Maid Limeade. Mm -hmm. You know, this is gross. Oh, the end of this is so I, sugary. Apparently they had Limeade so Oreos. I never saw those. It tastes like a mojito. Yeah, like a <laughs> mojito. Oh, God. Fruit punch Oreo. I mean, it, some of these are just fucking ridiculous. It smells like you threw up after eating fruit punch. <sighs> it kind of smells like Kool-Aid. Oh, I don't like that. It tastes like a pixie stick. It's like somebody dipped a packet of pre-made drink into like the Oreo cream. Like, that sounds about right. Just like, I mean, it is really accurate. Uh -huh. It's crazy. Pumpkin spice Oreo. If I remember correctly, I think my wife really liked the pumpkin spice ones. Now this I'm excited for. I feel like I just walked into Starbucks. This I pumpkin pie. It's great. It's like fall. It's kind of like ginger snappy. It's a good mix Oreo. of flavors. Having the cookie there is like the crust to the pumpkin pie. Sounds pretty good. I would have this after Thanksgiving for sure. Can I cookie monster these Oreos? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna chime in with with my with my love of Oreos. Um, again, this is this is this is my show. If I don't want to talk booze, I can talk not booze. Um. The caramel apple Oreos. Those were actually really, really, really good. Um, hold on a second. I'm texting my wife because apparently she's getting me some coffee from Quick Check, which is, uh, if you're not from Jersey, uh, think like uh, similar to Wawa, I guess. If you don't know Wawa, it, similar to 7-Eleven, but so much better. Uh, give me a cookie with fruit and nuts and chips. Wow, she's going to be very worried about my drunkenness. Oh, boy. Oh, no, Rick Nash is out of the lineup with the Rangers uh, against Calgary because of neck spasm. 
Ah. So anyway, um, <laughs> J5 wants me to Patron that coffee. God damn it, I don't have any Patron. I could, I could bacon vodka it. I got rum here. I got dark rum. That would work. I got spice rum, but I don't think it would work either. So the, the uh, I was going somewhere. Was it? Oh, talking Oreos. Caramel apple, fucking awesome. Pumpkin spice didn't really do it for me all that much. Um, yeah, fruit and nuts. I'm actually, I'm actually. Uh, there's like a, it's it's like a trail mix cookie that Quick Check has. Uh, that's actually pretty decent. So <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I want. God damn it. Um, we had the red velvet Oreo recently, and we were kind of underwhelmed. Uh, the, the cream had that kind of, you got a little bit of that cream cheese flavor with it, and you were expecting to get some of the red velvet flavor off the cookie itself, but it just, it wasn't there. Uh, we got, we got a pack of them. I think I had maybe one or two of the cookies. My wife had maybe one or two of the cookies. My kid had the rest of them. Fuck that. Let, let, let him eat the Oreos. Let him get the Oreo shits. I don't got to deal with it. Um, I can't shit half the time as it is. A little bit TMI there, I suppose. Um, but I think probably my, my, one of my favorite Oreos is probably the, uh, the lemon ones. And it's the golden Oreo, so it's the, 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 the lemon Oreo. Or, fuck. The vanilla Oreo. God damn it. Ugh. This is what happens when I drink, but it's it's a 100th episode, so why not? Um, so it's like the vanilla Oreo cookies, not the chocolate Oreo cookies, with a lemon filling. Obviously, you could probably get, you know, your generic store brand, you know, go to Walmart, get great value, lemon sandwich creams, you know, something like that. The Oreo ones, though, really quite good. Really quite delicious. I very much enjoy them. I don't get them that often, though, because my wife does not eat them, which means I have to eat the entire package. And I do not want to be a fat ass that does that because I am, again, at my happy goal weight here. And, um, oh, Jesus, I got another text. This can't be good. Uh, a what? Uh, a cookie with fruit? No. Come on! A cookie with fruit nuts like chocolate or a cookie with fruit nuts and potato chips. Um, Choco. Oh, she was confused. She thought I wanted potato chips. Choco. It's like trail. Not tall! Fuck you, phone! Oh, autocorrect is bullshit. You think they'd fix this by this point? It's like trail mix. There we go. That's kind of what I'm going for there. Um, let's see. Mitch says 100th episode, but let's be honest. How many were good? Um, probably maybe four of them. <laughs> Definitely the, the, the vodka show was a classic. Uh, that is one that I probably have to probably have to edit into the best of rotation considering I got pretty much blackout drunk during that one. See, Sherry says red velvet Oreos are orgasmic. Maybe I just don't like red velvet enough. Um, oh, oh, J5. No, don't Kanye me, dude. No, no, no. But I got all the flavor elements out of the red velvet Oreo. Um, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. It was okay. And I got what they were going for. 
but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just don't enjoy Red Velvet as much as I thought I did. Um, what the fuck? There, there's, a, there's a bakery near my work. Um, especially during the summer, we tend to get stuff from there. Uh, God damn it! Oh! Oh! Everybody turning against me. Everybody turning against me in the chat. Or like radio.com slash live if you are not there live right now. Um, but they've, they have red velvet cupcakes, red velvet whoopie pies, which are all pretty fucking good. But they have these uh, grasshopper bars that are, oh, dear motherfucking, oh my God, they're so fucking good. Oh God. See, when Fat Kev takes over, food gets into the mix. Son of a bitch. My last beer is empty. Thankfully, I have a can of uh, Pepsi Max Zero Calorie Cola Maximum Taste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, J5. Um, Jesus Christ. Where the fuck was I going? Let me check uh, Twitter here. Um. I know uh, Pitch Perfect 2 is coming out in a couple months. I'm excited about that. Um, oh, jeez. I got to answer stuff on Instagram later, too. Ugh, I'll do that later. So, um, you know what? This last one I'll do. Uh, how to drink vodka like a Russian. Before I get into this, you know, if you want to drink it like a stupid American, <laughs> you just drink a bunch of faggoty flavored nips from Pinnacle, drink them all during a two-hour radio show, and then have the paramedics on the ready. But if you want to drink vodka like a Russian, this is what the drinks business says. And Dennis can, if, if Dennis is still there, uh, he can kind of chime in as to how accurate this might be. Again, he's Ukrainian, not Russian, but it's close enough. Wait a second. Strap on booze, baby, seeks funding. Hold on a second here. Uh, it's a Kickstarter. Strap on booze, baby, seeks funding. What could be the most bizarre Kickstarter campaign in memory? A U.S. entrepreneur is attempting to raise $70,000 to launch a strap on booze filled newborn that you can drink from. Okay. I'll just post this in the chat. Looks like it, it's supposed to, I guess, look like the uh, the hangover baby. And I guess you fill it with booze and you drink from it. Expressive, customizable, hands-free beverage insulator that looks like a baby. Makes drinking in public adorable, according to its inventor, Brooklyn-based Simon Fillion. Wow. Wow. To be fair, pretty fucking brilliant. Um, okay. Back to drinking vodka like a Russian. Pre-party preparations. Before drinking vodka, it's tradition for some Russians to consume a raw egg based on the belief that it'll help you make it through the evening and leave still standing. While not generally recommended, this tactic essentially lines your stomach, allowing you to remain sober for longer. If the risk of salmonella poisoning proves too off-putting, drink a tablespoon of... Oh, God, how am I tired now? Drink a tablespoon of sunflower oil instead, which apparently offers the same protection. 
A well-prepared Russian will probably have eaten a couple of boiled potatoes, consumed one or two raw eggs, and a tablespoonful or two of sunflower oil before arriving at their host's abode. Then, always eat immediately after a shot. See, you think, you know, when you kind of picture Russians drinking vodka, it's just shot, 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 and they're just doing it again and again and again. Uh... Let's see. Oh, okay. I was checking my email again. Seeing if uh seeing if anything popped up from work, but I guess not. Uh, okay. One of the biggest mistakes made by those less familiar with the art of drinking vodka is failing to eat between shots. This makes sense. Generally speaking, vodka is always drunk as part of a meal, with guests eating little and often throughout the night. No Russian would drink vodka without also eating, and I'm going to fuck this up, zakuski snacks after each shot to help soak up the alcohol. Zakuski usually consists of pickled vegetables with black bread or uh, vereniki stuffed dumplings. I like stuffed dumplings. Uh, serve it cold. Vodka should be served directly from the fridge or freezer with no ice, according to Russian tradition. If you are being really picky, drink it from special vodka glasses, which look like small wine glasses and have a capacity of at least 70 milliliters. This ties in with the Russian belief that those who drink vodka by small glasses will get drunk quicker than someone who drinks vodka from a bigger glass accompanied by zakuski. Again, the snacks. If you're drinking in Russia, expect to finish what you have been given or risk offending your host. In fact, tradition stipulates that one should never put a glass with alcohol still in it back on the table. While it's considered bad luck to put an empty bottle back on the table as well. Makes sense. Then, no mixing. Ah. While those outside Russia might be fond of a vodka martini or even a cosmopolitan... Russians, by tradition, are not au fait with mixing vodka. Not only should you serve it neat, once you have started drinking vodka, you should not start drinking any other spirit. This habit is said to stem from severe Russian winters when a warming shot of vodka was welcome relief. Today, there's only one exception to the rule when it comes to mixing vodka, with Russians not unknown to mix their vodka with beer. I'm actually curious about uh, what uh, what beers you might mix your vodka with. I I would try that. Uh, I just want to make sure I had the right uh, the right beer to mix it with. And then share and share alike. Never top up your own glass without first filling the glasses of your companions. Traditionally, vodka should be poured out to all of the people present at the table, although. They're not required to drink it. Furthermore, some Russians think it rude to accept something the first time it's offered. Therefore, if you are entertaining, you should offer several times to top up the glasses. Also, a shot glass should always be filled from the table, never by raising your glass to the bottle. I did not know that. I, I, I seem to typically do that wrong. And then last one here, offer a toast with every sip. Every shot should be followed by a clink of your glass and a toast, except if you're at a funeral when the touch of a glass is forbidden. After taking your shot, knock your glass off the table, or knock your, wait, knock your glass on the table, maybe? And take a bite of zakuski before refilling your glass. Be warned, it is considered very bad luck to make a toast with an empty glass. 
Uh, toast can be as elaborate or banal as you like, celebrating friendship to your pet pooch. However, the second toast of an evening is traditionally reserved for Zazenjin to the women. Common toasts include Zazdorovye for our health, Nuzavreshu for our meeting then, Zavas for you, Nu Poyehali, uh, that is cheers. Okay. Um, let's see. Back to the chat here. Sunflower oil I did hear about. Okay. Uh, Dennis says... Okay. Dennis says raw egg. Who fucking does that? Um, sunflower, sunflower oil I hear about when they say eat immediately. They mean having quick bite-sized snacks like a pickle, piece of bread, smoked fish. Makes sense. But J5 says as the professional alcoholic, he can attest that eating between shots is bad fucking news. <laughs> Finishing your shot when offered. That's a fact. Dennis says that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> J5 doesn't know about all the zucchini stuff. Wait, did I say something about zucchini? I don't remember that. Perhaps I did. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I, fuck it. I, I guess now is probably best time to... To head into the uh, new releases and reveals for the week because I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna properly get through anything else. Jesus Christ. Ugh. You know you know what would have been shocking for the hundredth show to me to to actually get through a show sober. That would have been a shock right there. God damn it. Oi. Yeah, I know I have a problem. I have a problem. The show facilitates it, but whatever. So, new releases and reveals. We got one from Modern Times Beer. I do not get them distributed out here, but I have had some of their stuff before. You can get it from uh, InsideTheCellar.com. This one is Booming Rollers. It is a new seasonal IPA, 6.8% ABV. It is a Citra Hops Showcase. And it's now available in 16-ounce cans. And um, if I remember correctly from a Inside the Cellar email that I got either today or yesterday, I believe they are selling that on uh, their site now. So you can get booming rollers from InsideTheCellar.com. Not a sponsor, but I have ordered from them before, and they were fantastic for me. That's where I got my Enjoy After IPA. Uh, let's see. Dennis says, Eastern European vodka shot customs are pretty much the same as tequila drinking customs. Drink them straight, drink them fast, and drink a lot. So I, I pretty much did okay with my vodka show, except for the fact that I was doing it with faggoty flavored vodka. If I had just done it with regular vodka, it would have been completely traditional. Right, Dennis? Yes? Maybe? Possibly? Uh, let's see. This is one that uh, I believe White S. Brent would be able to get a hold of, and one I would very much enjoy trying. This is from Odell Brewing. Odell Brazzle Sour Golden Raspberry Returns. It is a golden ale soured in oak barrels with multiple wild yeast for two years. 300 pounds of raspberries are added into the process, both before and after the bacteria and yeast do their work. A nice mild 5.4% ABV. 
It will be available in 750 milliliter bottles throughout Odell's 11 states of distribution. And it will be uh, on shelves this Friday, actually. Uh, see, next one here. This is one that I will probably see and I'm actually kind of excited about because I, I do enjoy my kind of sour and tart beers. And I like a good cherry beer. This is Flying Dog Super Tramp Tart Cherry Ale. It is actually inspired by two previous Flying Dog releases from their Brewhouse Rarity series. Their Sour Cherry Ale and their Black Lager with Cherries. So, the cherries inspired them, basically. It's brewed with both sweet and sour cherries that are added at the beginning of fermentation. See, at this point, now I'm just drinking Pepsi Max, which is kind of sad. But it quenches my thirst. It doesn't have electrolytes, which is what plants crave, but quenches my thirst nonetheless. So, brewed, like I said, brewed with both uh, sweet and sour cherries added at the beginning of fermentation. 4.7% ABV. Okay, Kevin, get it together. You have 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And not even that. 4.7% ABV, 12-ounce bottles. It is going to be hitting shelves this March within Flying Dog's distribution footprint. That's one that I will most definitely be grabbing if I can find it. Uh, I don't see why I wouldn't be able to. Probably pop it up on the YouTube channel for a review. Woodchuck. Woodchuck Gumption joins their year-round lineup. I believe I have an image of this one for the chat, too. I always seem to have images of this for the chat. Uh, it's a little late for it now, but if you want to pop into the chat, more like radio.com slash live, you could always pop in nef- next show and see the shenanigans going on. So this was... Um, th- the artwork and the name is a nod to circus founder P.T. Barnum. It's created using a blend of fresh juice from common eating apples and then dry, bittersweet cider apples. It becomes a year-round starting next month. It's going to be in 12-ounce bottles, and it is 5.5% ABV. Ciders are always kind of at that at that level there. Uh, we got Sierra Nevada Kolsch joining the summer pack. So Sierra Nevada always seems to have new stuff coming out, and I like that because I, I can get Sierra Nevada. I think... Pretty much everybody can, honestly. Oh, I feel I feel gas rising up. Oh, it was a false burp. Thought it was gonna be a. Oh wait, no. Ah, son of a bitch! Don't you hate that? It, 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 that's almost worse than a sneeze that doesn't come out, honestly. So, Sierra Nevada Kolsch. It was the winner of the Great American Beer Festival, gold and silver. It's been a draft-only offering in the past. It has a bright, citrusy American whole cone hops punch. Yes. To add to the West Coast uh, character in the style. It's going to be available in 12-months bottles in the Sierra Nevada Summer Pack. Uh, I'm guessing we will probably see that summer pack no later than May. Um, it, it's tough to gauge some of the variety packs with the with the brewers, depending on the season. Sam Adams, I would guess we'd see their summer in April, 
potentially even March. Uh, Sierra Nevada seems to be a little bit more on the nose with the season. So we'll see that, uh, like I said, probably no later than May. 5% ABV on that. Uh, from Victory, we have Moving Parts IPA uh, number three. I have had uh, I had the first one. I think I had the second one, too. I'm trying to remember. Um, and, and they are they are definitely different, each one. Um, God damn. I, I think I did have one and two, honestly. But don't quote me on that. But for this iteration, Victory used Belgian yeast, whole flower hops, and specialty malts. I have to admit, I, I do rather enjoy it when IPAs use the Belgian yeast. Um, adds a different dimension to it. It doesn't necessarily cut the bitterness, but it adds a different... Um, it adds a different flavor element to it. I like the Belgian yeast IPAs. Uh, just it, it it's it's something different, something good. So um, it's available actually now in twenty two ounce bottles and on draft. This one is seven point one percent IP. Uh, ooh, seven point one percent IPA. No, seven point one percent ABV. I don't even know the acronym for my own goddamn show. Son of a bitch. I have a feeling I may pick this one up, though, because of the Belgian yeast. And um, I've said it in the past, Victory is shockingly affordable with their bomber bottles. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever paid more than $6 for a bomber of Victory. Whereas, you know, you look at Stone, you look at Rogue and stuff like that, you're looking at eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine, dollars $10.99, $10.99. So... Victory Victory is very accessible, at least in my area, with uh, with that pricing. <sighs> and then the uh, the last one I got here, last one uh, for the hundredth episode. We got one from Rogue here. Let me post this image in the chat. Oh, I hope I have a cookie waiting for me. Oh, and then I got chips and guac. So good. So good. Rogue, right hand of doom, red ale. It is a limited edition red ale celebrating Hellboy's 21st birthday. Yes, Hellboy has been around for 21 years. As uh, as the label reads, there's a Dark Horse Comics logo on the label too. This is a red ale brewed with all, with all the... Uh, same passion and intensity that Mike Mignola and Dark Horse have brought to the creation of Hellboy for the last 21 years. <laughs> oh, that's what I was waiting for. You might not enjoy it more than the next issue, but you'll certainly enjoy your favorite character stories more with one of these in your right hand. Well, what if you want to drink it in your left hand? I don't understand. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, it was released last Friday at Portland Comic Shop, Things from Another World, and it's available nationally via Rogue's website. Ugh. And the label features art, of course, by Hellboy creator Mike Mignola. 6.8% ABV, and it is going to be in 22-ounce bottles. So, 
if you are a Hellboy fan, I have a feeling that would be a that would be a pretty good collector's item there for you. Um, I know I maybe have three minutes left, but I don't know. I I, I, I want to see if I have a cookie. I really want to see if I have a cookie because I like cookies. I I I drink and Fat Kev just comes out of the woodwork. My my wife had actually asked me if I wanted to, you know, what what I wanted as a treat after the show because I typically, you know, pizza, White Castle, Taco Bell, whatever. I told her, no, 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 no. I'd like White Castle, or I'm sorry, I'd like Taco Bell, but she doesn't like going to Taco Bell with the kids in the car, which doesn't make sense because Taco Bell, you don't have to get out of the car. Uh, Little Caesars for pizza, five dollar hot and ready. You gotta get out of the car for it. I don't know how that's easier. It's not. Um, but I said, no, no, no. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But she got me a coffee and potentially a cookie, perhaps a chocolate bar, whatever. But Fat Kev really comes out after the drinking, and it's bad. She even suggested a Baconator from Wendy's, and I said, no. <laughs> Believe me, I would love a Baconator right now. But uh, I will I, I will appreciate Sober Kev having said no. Because Fat Kev, which is also Drunk Kev, would take over and say, gimme, gimme, gimme. And goddamn no, 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 no. Oof. Okay. Facebook group. If you want to jump into that, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I will try and remember to post that uh, thing from craftbeer.com, the, the the food and beer pairings. Try and post that on there. Uh, Twitter, at Edicius, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, or the show Twitter, at MLR underscore, I'm sorry, wait, no, it's, uh, what is it? I actually changed it, at ABV underscore podcast. I changed it. I changed it, at ABV underscore podcast. And on a, untapped you can uh add me because i will friend just about anybody alcohol by volume or one word and then uh of course coming up next because he's already in the chat and he's uh he, he does a hell of a show j5 my time now followed by dutch and royce it's eight o'clock i gotta get the fuck out of here i will probably see you guys next week Have a good one.